morning. Man, I hope that you guys had a great, great Thanksgiving. I'm excited to be back with you here this morning at Fusion City. And as much as I'm excited to see all of you and as much as I'm excited to have had a great Thanksgiving with my family, man, I'm really excited to know that we have a good father who loves us. Yeah, we can clap. We can clap for that. And we talk all the time here that, that every good thing that we have, that it comes from him. All good things come from our father who loves us. And scripture tells us that if we who are sinful and fallible people, if we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more does our good and perfect heavenly father know how to give even better gifts to his children? So this morning as we talk about how we can get past some of the things that kind of steal away our thanksgiving, would you just with me this morning remember, would we just be, could we just remember that this season of of gratefulness, this thanksgiving that we've come out of, that that we've done, that we're, we're not just grateful in general, we're not just thankful to nothing, but we're thankful to a good heavenly father who gives good gifts to his children that he loves. Would you pray with me? Father, today, God, this time, these these moments in time, God, this is our time to reflect upon who you are and who we are in response to who you are. So God, this morning, would you empower us to be able to connect with you more completely, that we might hear from your word and be changed, Father, changed more into the image and likeness of your son, Jesus, who died for our sins, that we might come before our heavenly Father, not as the sinful and separated people that we are before Christ, but that we could come as his children, your children, Father. We thank you, God, that you would give such a great gift so that we could know such a great God. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You guys can have a seat. We show some love to the band this morning. Ah, they did such a good job already. One song, that's all it took. One song, and we're ready to go. Yeah, no, no, I'm not getting up here to sing. (laughs) All right, good morning, everybody. My name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, I have the privilege today to introducing all of us uh, into week four of our series called Who Stole My Thanksgiving? And for the last several weeks, we've been talking about all the ways, or not all the ways, but some of the ways that, that whether it be circumstances or situations or relationships or just the way that things play out. Now, there are things in this world and things in our lives that would seek to steal away our joy and steal away the the motivation that we have to express gratitude towards our Heavenly Father who loves us and that we love in response. And, And I believe that none of us, none of us would ever want to not be thankful or not demonstrate our our thankfulness and gratefulness to God, but there are these things that that inhibit us from doing that. 
Now, if you've missed the last several weeks because this is your first time hanging out with us today, and you haven't missed anything prior to today that you need to be able to connect and, and to interact and to worship with us today. Um, and if this is your first time, man, let me say this. We really love new people at Fusion City Church. We love new people. And so, so much, in fact, that we want to show you our appreciation for you choosing to come and spend some time with us. And we want to give you a gift to show that appreciation. So if this is your first time, if you spend just a few minutes during your time with us today to fill out the bottom portion of your connection card or the bottom portion of the program that you got, we call that a connection card. And then take that to the hub. We have a gift there for you. Again, just our way of saying thanks for hanging out. And we're so glad that you chose to come and spend some time with us. We know that... Um, it takes a lot of courage to walk into a brand new place like this for the first time. And the fact that you chose to do that here at Fusion City, man, it means a lot to us. And we just want to say thank you for, for spending some time with us today. Um, now, I want to set up what, what I want to talk to us about today by, by asking this question. and do, do a little give and take, a little interaction, crowd interaction here. Um, how many of you wish we had more hours in a day? Like just not enough time to get anything done that we want to get done, Right? Here's what I think. Here's how I think life should work. Now, I don't get to make the rules because, well, I'm not God. But um, I believe when you turn 18 years old, I believe that your passage into adulthood should be that you get an extra two hours a day. That's what I think. kids, Kids don't need an extra two hours a day. Kids don't need two more hours. Their whole day is consumed with playtime. Like they wake up in the morning, they eat breakfast. It's like, what are we going to play today? Like that's it. That is the only thing, I got two little girls, that is the only thing that consumes their mind is what are we going to play next? Anything outside of playtime is just the thing that gets in the way until we get back to playtime. Now, but, but adults, like we, we got some adulting to do, right? We got all these, all these things that we're responsible for. We, we just need a little extra time. So let me ask you, what would you do with an extra two hours a day? Think about it. What would you do? What would you spend your extra two hours a day if we could match, if, if for some reason God hears my plea this morning that for all of those in attendance and all those listening to the podcast that in this moment would be granted for the rest of their lives 26 hours a day, what would you do? What would you do? Jack, what would you do? You'd work more? Really? Man, what a waste of two hours. Zach, you got any answers? Tina? Watch more football. They'd have to make the games longer. But I'm sorry, I like football. Football's good. Linda, what about you? Okay, read more, pray more. She, she must know we're in church. She gave the Jesus answer, right? <laughs> I love you, you know I do. <clears throat> but that's actually where we're, we're going to get there. That's going to be part of our day today. You see, the problem is that even with extra two hours a day, like Jack said, I, I got more work to do. Like there's yard to be mowed, there's chores to be done, there's diapers to be changed, there's ball practices to get to, there's work projects that are looming. Like I, I've got all of this stuff that I, that I need to get done. And even with an extra two hours a day, it just doesn't seem like I'm ever going to get to the end of my to-do list. You know, oftentimes now I, I interact with a lot of people during the week, and, 
typically when you ask somebody, hey, how you doing, right? That's that kind of typical, oh, I'm good, or I'm fine, I'm good. Other than I'm fine or I'm good, which are just those please stop talking to me answers that we all give when somebody asks us how we're doing, right? We don't give the real answer. Nobody gives the real answer. But, but in addition to those two kind of, hey, stop talking to me answers, let, let me tell you the other one that I get more often or as often as I do good or fine. You know what it is? How are, hey, man, how you doing? You know what the answer is? Busy. Ooh, how you doing this week? Man, busy. It, see, no, nobody ever says, man, I'm relaxed, man. I just feel good. Just chilling, taking it easy. Didn't have much, didn't have much to do today. Like, just kind of hung out, just... You don't ever get that answer when you ask somebody how they're doing. We, we, we say it all the time that I just don't have enough time. Craig Rochelle said this. He's a pastor of a life church in Oklahoma. He said that if the devil can't make you be bad, he'll settle for making you be busy. Because it's often in our busyness that we miss the most important parts of our life. And so if the devil can't make us be bad, he'll, just, he'll settle for making you be busy. But, but here's what I want us to, to look at today. And here's what I want us to, to, to really wrap our minds around. If you're looking for something to kind of write down to frame out our time together here this morning. This is the, this is the big idea that I want us to take away from today. You have time for what you choose to have time for. You have time for what you choose to have time for. Now, I'm hoping that some of you are arguing with me right now in your minds. I don't typically like when people argue with me, but I think some of you are like, no, you don't. No, I don't. I don't, I don't get to choose how I spend my time. Yeah, you do. Everything as an adult is a choice, right? I tell my wife all the time, she'll say, hey, you need to, and you need to, and you, she's not real bad about nagging, but every now and then she'll get, she'll do that, that wife thing that we husbands hate, right? And she'll, hey, you, you need to do this. And like, I don't need to do nothing. I'm a grown man. And then I say, yes, ma'am, and I go do what she asked me to do, because that's, that's how marriage works. We talked about that in the marriage series a couple of months ago. But let me ask you, how, how much of your schedule do you feel like you have control over? How much of your time is dictated to you by, by some other thing, whether it be a boss or a person or ball practices or all these things that we feel like we have to do, that even if we had an extra couple of hours a day, we'd still never get to it. How much of your schedule do you feel like you have control over? So here's what I want us to see this morning. Here's what I hope that the shift that will take place in our minds this morning is that our schedule would be dictated by priority, not urgency. And now, I understand that there are, there are some things, there are some urgent things that we have to take care of because of their nature. And I get that. There are some things that are unavoidable, unforeseen things that come into our lives that we don't have any control over. Some of those catastrophic, some of them just life-changing. And I understand that. There are some urgent things that, that are required of us to pay attention to. But, but here's what I've seen to be true even in my own life. I can always find something that feels like urgent. Uh, there are always things that seem to be piling up that need my attention. And sometimes it's the, it's the important things that get pushed out of the way to make room for the urgent things. 
And it would be my, my plea this morning for, for your life and even for my own. That we would begin to prioritize the important over the urgent. You, you see, managing our time it's a whole lot like managing money. I think the two are so synonymous. They're so close in, in their nature and how they work. And we talk all the time here about the value of, of, of having a budget, of telling our money where to go before it just goes. Right? That, that's why we talk so much and talk about and teach and help and work with people on getting a budget. Because if you don't tell money where to go, it just, doesn't it? Your time is exactly the same way. And if you don't, Put priority on the important things first. Something else will always find its way into your schedule to eat away at the things that are important. And if you don't tell your time how to be spent, isn't it funny that we call it, we say it spending time the same way we spend money? They're very synonymous. If we don't tell our time how to be spent, it just <whistles> Facebook and Instagram and TV shows and what, it just goes. That's why it's, it's important for us to, to maintain space in our schedule for the things that are the most important. Sometimes the urgency that we feel is because of the important that we've neglected. Think about it this way. If you, if you never have time to maintain your car and take care of your car and get the oil changed in your car when you're supposed to, I'm not a car guy, but all that stuff that you're supposed to do to a car that you take it to a mechanic and they fix all that stuff, Right, All that stuff that you're supposed to do, if you can't ever find time to do those things or, in my case, have somebody else do them for you, then one day your engine's going to blow up. And now you've got an urgent need that results from ignoring the important. If you're a business owner, an angry customer is an urgent thing that you have to pay attention to because when customers get angry, that's a bad day. But if you neglect the important thing of building systems that prevent customers from getting angry, then you don't have to deal with as many angry customers. And your urgent goes away because you pay attention to what's important. If, if you take care of yourself, if you, if you place an emphasis on the important part of, of health care and maintaining yourself and eating well and doing all the things that all of us know that we should do but not all of us do, right? Like if you take care of yourself then you get sick less often and then you don't have the urgent need of trying to find somebody to help you when you're sick. You see, ignoring the important leads to the urgent in some cases. And so Jesus is gonna help us see in scripture, Luke, Luke records it in his gospel. If you have your Bibles and you wanna turn to Luke chapter 10, we're gonna get there in just a second. But, but recorded for us in the gospel of Luke is an encounter where Jesus talks about focusing on the important over the urgent. It's a pretty popular story in Scripture if you've been around church for, for a while. And if not, man, you're going to love this, I think. It's, I have to go to this story regularly to remind myself of how to manage my time. I don't always do it very well. I'm, I'm a pretty excitable guy. Like I get, I, I like urgent things. Everything feels urgent to me. I'm, I'm just, I'm excitable that way. And so I have to be very careful to maintain time in my schedule for the important. And so this, this always hits me in the face. This is like a, this steps on my toes and slaps me in the face every time I read it and studying for it and preparing it. No one had to preach this message. And of course, I've had a really, really busy week this week. And so uh, it's like God was trying to get me prepared to, to preach, from, uh, preach from a place of, of, of humbleness this morning because I certainly haven't done well 
uh, this week in maintaining my own schedule as it pertains to busyness. But let's read together the story of Martha and Mary. If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 40. We'll start there and keep reading. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Emphasis added. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I should get this picture. Jesus is coming to your house. Martha is freaking out. The Lord, she calls him Lord. You know she, she understands like it's Jesus. This is the Lord and he's coming to my house. Everything's got to be clean, or at least the appearance of clean. Am I the only one that throws clothes in the tub and closes the shower curtain? Am I the only one? Like when, when, when I hear companies coming, like everything goes in the tub, we just close. Anybody else? Show hands. Come on. All right, just me. All right, good. Thank you for. I appreciate that. That's good. That's good. I feel so like family right now. Like we we we'll cram, we cram it, we stuff it, we hide it, everything out of the way because our house. You need. I need you to believe when you come to my house that we maintain a spotless house. Please don't open the shower curtain. Uh, we're in trouble now because we're building a house with a glass shower door. I don't, I don't know where all this stuff's going to go anymore. But, but this is Martha. Like she's, she's in frantic mode. She's, she's stuffing and she's cooking and she's making hors d'oeuvres and all the little things because Jesus and his disciples. And she's, she's in panic mode. And what is her sister, who I guess lives with her, like it said it was Martha's home and Mary's there. I'm just saying, like show a little gratitude. You're living in your sister's house. Like, hey, would you get off your tail and help me, please? Jesus, would you please tell her to help me? She's tattling, right? Like she, she's telling on, she's telling on her sister. What if, what if you and I are like Martha? So distracted. That's the word it used, you remember? It says Martha was distracted by all the things that had to be done. What if you and I are so distracted by the urgent that we can't even see the important? So Jesus replies, he says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answers, I I blame the Brady movie for how I read this passage now. Martha, Martha, Martha. Like I said, sorry, it's just like it ruined it for me. But this is, this is Jesus, I, I, he's, he's pleading with her. He calls her name twice to, to get her attention because he's about to lay some knowledge on her that's profound. So he said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things 
are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I love Jesus' reply. Few things are necessary. Few things are, are needed. Martha, Mary has chosen better than you. Now, let me ask you this question. Are the things that Martha was doing, were they wrong? Cleaning up, straightening the house, preparing for a guest. Any, did she do anything wrong? No. She didn't do anything wrong. She was trying to be hospitable, trying to be a good host. They were good things. But Jesus said, Mary has chosen what's better. It's not bad. It's not good and bad. It's not right or wrong. It's good versus better. And there are so many times in your life and in my life where there are good things, good things that are going to get in the way of the best things. And if you and I are going to manage our schedules well, if we're going to avoid the busyness that keeps us away from the important, then we have to first identify the things that are important, the few things that are needed, and then say no to to some of the things that are, they might be good things. They might be good things. There's, just, there's a possibility, though, that those good things aren't the best things. So let me give you a couple of ways that we can keep the main thing the main thing. If we can, if we can prioritize our schedules based on importance instead of urgency, let me give you a couple of ways that we can do that. Number one, if you're taking notes, you need to be ruthlessly selective with your yeses. You need to be ruthlessly selective with your yes. You got to learn to say no. You got to learn to say no to some good things. Now, I told you earlier, I'm an excitable guy. I'm an easy sell. Like, it, it does not bode well for me to go places where people are marketing stuff. I'm an easy sell. You show me something and tell me how good it is, I want it. Like, this is how I work. And, and, and I love to help other people. So if I see a commercial for something that we can go and do, like, I want to go do it. If you ask me if I can come and help, I want to come help. I'm always saying, yeah, I'm, I'm terrible at this. But, but here's, what I've, here's what I've learned. Good friends, the, the other guys on staff have helped me learn this as well. Now, I've, I've started to almost default to no and then consider a yes. Whereas for most of my life, I've defaulted to, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we'll make that happen. Yeah, we, we can work that out. Like, what I realized was I'm starting to miss some of the important things because this thing that just presented itself, the urgent takes precedence over the important And I've started to miss some of the important. I know it's true for me. I'm I'm imagining that it's probably true for you as well. But don't forget our big idea. 
you have time for what you choose to have time for. It's all in the choices that we make and the decisions of the things that we decide to say yes to that determine how our time gets spent. Number two, if you're taking notes, do what matters, or do first what matters most. So when we, when we teach people how to, how to create a budget, right, we, we figure out how much, how much money there is, right? All of us get 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 12 months a year and 365 days a year. Like we, we all get that. We all get the same amount of time. Unfortunately, the two-hour thing isn't going to work out. I've been talking to God about it. I haven't got a yes yet. We all get the same. You know exactly how much time you have every day and every month. And so if you lay out the time that you have for your month, before you put in the urgent things, before you decide where you can say yes and where you can say no, you got to put the major things in first. When we create a budget for people, when we help them work through their budget, we figure out how much money they make and we say, okay, what things have to go in? What are the most important things to be paid for? Let's put those in the budget first, and then we'll figure out where the rest of the money's going. Your, your time budget has to work the same way. You know how much time you have. you got to look at the big things first and put them in and make sure that those slots are guarded. Nothing else touches that time. That time is dedicated for that purpose and that reason. Date nights. Time with your family, working out, eat, planning meals so that you're not always eating fast food, whatever, whatever is important to you, you got to make sure that those things get into your schedule first. You've got to have a plan. If you don't tell time where to go, it just goes. But here, here's where I want to place the emphasis today. Nothing is more important than the time that we spend with Christ. If you remember Jesus' remarks to Martha, he said, a few things are needed. Actually, you know what? Not a few. Just one. Indeed, there's only one thing that truly matters, and Mary has chosen it. What was Mary doing? She was sitting at the feet of Jesus. She just sat at the feet of Jesus. And you would be remarkably surprised of how many urgent things fall off of your radar when you just sit in the presence of Jesus. Mary had chosen the one thing that was greater than every other thing. The answer to urgency and stress and anxiety and the nervousness that you feel, it isn't more hours in your day because we would just fill those hours up with other things, wouldn't we? The answer to all of those things that we feel is not more hours, but the choice to spend more time on the most important thing. You and I, we, we need some more Jesus time. We were talking about this as a staff and just looking over how we spend our time because we, we work each week to hold each other accountable of how our, how our time is spent. And the discussion led to, you know, 
for the longest time, we've, we've always valued this, these, these times of rest. I believe that you have to write rest into your schedule. Because if you don't make yourself stop, you won't. And there are some beautiful and amazing things that come out of times of rest. We're so much more efficient in times of work when we've had times of rest. But even in my rest, here's, here's what I typically do when I rest. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to be all by myself, away from everybody. I just want to sit and do nothing. I, I call it my me time. I need some me time. Just me with me and then myself and I. We'll throw them in there. Like, I'll go meet with the three of us, like, right? Like, I'll go do that. But, but here's, here's what I think is a better use of, of my me time. I, I don't need more of me in my me time. Because me in my own head isn't what I need more of. What I need more of during my me time is not more of me, but more of Christ. And so now when I'm taking these, these seasons of rest, when these, these times of rest in my life and in my schedule, I take a Bible when I go. Because I don't need more of me. I need more of him. And the same is true for you. Because Jesus said that there's only one thing that's needed. And it's not all that stuff that Martha was busy doing. And it's not even time spent just being by yourself, but you need to be by yourself with your Savior. And you'll be so surprised at how effective that is at alleviating the stress and the nervousness and the anxiety that you feel. Rest is a beautiful thing. And there's some good things that come from it, but I don't think we need to just rest alone, but we need to rest in our Savior. Look with me, Matthew chapter 11 Verse 28, it says this, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will do what? I will give you what? I'll give you rest. Don't leave Jesus out of your rest. Don't leave Jesus out of your rest. When you rest, you need, you need Christ. But he says, if you'll come to me, I'll give you rest. So we come to who? Oh, we can do way better than that. We come to? We come to? And he gives us? We come to? And he gives us? So there's a correlation between? And? So we come to? And he gives us? Think you can remember that this week? If you want to find some rest, you don't have to get away and be by yourself and go be alone. You just got to go find Jesus and he'll give you. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. That sound like anybody you know? Come to me, Jesus says. I'll give you rest. let's be honest what are we really gonna accomplish with all of our busyness are we gonna get some stuff done yeah we'll get some stuff done we can be effective and efficient and productive we can do a lot of stuff in our in our busyness 
But Jesus also said this in Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? So Jesus, Jesus didn't even say, hey, in all of your busyness and all this stuff that you're doing and all the work and all the got to's and had to and urgent things and all of those things, even if you manage in all of your busyness, he didn't say like gain a promotion. He didn't say like gain a spouse. He didn't say gain more money. Even if all of your busyness profits you, the world. What good is it to cost you your soul? See, we, we don't need more of us. I don't need more time for me. I don't need more time to accomplish or achieve or succeed. I don't need any, I don't need more time for that. I've got all the time I need to do what it is that God would have me to do. Did you know that? That all of the things that God wants to accomplish for you, he has given you all of the resources, all of the giftedness, all of the provision, and all of the time that you need to be and do all of that which God would have you to do. You don't need anything more of yourself. What we need is more of him. Because what, is, what, what good is it to gain the world? To cost you your soul. To cost you the things that are most important. What have you really gained? How is your soul? How is your soul doing? Because all of us are busy. All of us are busy. All of us shot up a hand. Most of us shot up a hand and said, oh, man, I'd love to have two more hours in a day. I can't, I can't get it all done. Okay. How's your soul? What are you pouring into? What are you pouring into your soul? And I'm not talking about the last time that you came to church or the last time that you, you, you checked off some verses in a Bible reading plan because I'm trying to get through this plan that I've been reading. But when's the last time that you just spent some time with your Savior for the sole purpose of doing nothing other than feeding your spirit, your soul. How many of you need some rest? 
and we get rest by coming to who gives us rest. So here, here's what we've done this morning. The reason that I was up here so early, and for some of you that don't typically get here right at 1030, walked in and thought, uh-oh. <laughs> we saw you. It's all good. Don't worry about it. We love you. Here, here's why we did that. The band's going to come back up in a few moments, and we're going to do, we're going to do three more songs this morning. Here, here's what I'd ask of you. Maybe I can't give you two more hours today to spend time with Christ. We can give you, we can give you 15 or we can give 15 minutes or so. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. As, as the band leads us in music this morning, I want you to spend some time seeking your Savior because I want you to have some rest. I don't know what that looks like for you. I know that some of us get a lot out of singing. So if you want to sing with the band, sing. If you want to stay in your seat right where you are, you can stand up, you can sit down. You do whatever you have to do to best meet with your Savior. If you need to leave, if you can't meet with him in here, you're dismissed. You do whatever you have to do to spend the next several minutes just soaking in what it is that Jesus has for you. If you want to move around, you don't have to stay here. You can move. It's a big gym. You can come to the stage and kneel and pray if, that, if that's what helps you connect with him. If you need to get here, then you come here. If you need to go over to the side, if you want to lay down in the floor, you do what you got to do. But don't leave without spending some time with Jesus this morning. So, so I want to I pray for us. And, and then the band's going to come. So let's pray. Would you, would you bow with me? Father, it is the deepest cry of my heart in this moment God that each and every one of us in this room would for the next several minutes lay aside every burden every distraction everything that would consume our minds God, that we might focus solely and explicitly and specifically on your son, Jesus. God, we don't need more of us. I don't need more of my to-do list. And I don't need more thoughts about what's coming up or who I'm cooking for or who's coming over or what I've got to do or what's, gonna, what's waiting on me at work tomorrow. Or, God, I don't need any of that stuff in my head any more than I need you. So God, would you clear our minds and our hearts that we might fully connect with you. You're all we need. Only one thing 
is needed, your son said. One thing. God, we want to find that one thing in these moments. So we thank you, God, for the privilege that we have to come to you through your son and in that to find rest. It's in his name we pray. Amen.